Welcome to the Kenmore Church Podcast. We are all about filling hearts and fueling mission. We hope this content builds your heart and mind and equips you to reveal Jesus in this season of your life. Malcolm Weber. Um, Malcolm, I, uh, it's hard to... I have incredible respect for Malcolm as a human being, uh, let alone his ministry. Uh, he's written copiously. Uh, I can't count the amount of books he has. He's ministering in, uh, I think, 40 countries globally at the moment with leadership development, normally in a non-Western context. And um, the thing I like about Malcolm and his teaching, uh, when you're a writer, it's easy to uh, drift. It's easy to get off topic, to just keep growing topic upon topic. But Malcolm, through his whole ministry, as I've read his material and and ministered with him in China and so, is he's just got this gift of staying centred on what really, really matters in Christian uh, Christian life. Uh, And that just comes through in his material and his preaching. So uh, I'm incredibly honoured to have Malcolm here. He's had a great influence on my writing and material in the way we do things. And we're just talking now about how we can work even more closely together this year for an Australian-based, uh, Kenmore Church-based material uh, coming up in this next year as well. So I'm very excited. Would you please give Malcolm Weber a welcome? Thanks, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Good morning, everybody. Hey. Great. Great to see you all. Uh, Truly my privilege to be with you here today. Uh, I'm from Brisbane originally, but I haven't uh, moved um, many years ago in the mid-80s and have been living uh, elsewhere where they don't talk proper. So it's good to be back in a place where people can actually speak English the way that it was intended. Um, I'm very uh, excited to see the new church here and what God is doing in your midst. Wow. Praise God. Are you excited too? Yeah. Yeah. And really, I love Pat, your leader. And I think he's just really a very precious man, uh, Pat and Trish. I think you have two jewels here in your leaders. And his love for God, his love for people, his vision for souls and his ability to think and the kind of focus that God has given him is exactly the right focus, following the commandment of the Lord Jesus to go and build people, yeah? Go and make disciples. Paul's vision in Ephesians 4, equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So I'm really excited to see uh, this precious a community of believers here in Brisbane who are focusing on what really matters, on what really is what God told us to do. Yeah? So God bless you. So stand with your leaders. Work with them. Serve God with them with great passion and zeal. And I believe that God will do a really precious, wonderful thing here in your midst. Uh, It's a great privilege to be able to share the word with you here today, and if there was one thing that I would want to tell anybody, if I had one opportunity to speak to someone, this is essentially what I would tell you. Uh, this is a, it's a life message for me, and it's not just some quirky peripheral thing. This is absolutely the heart of everything in the Christian life, everything in the world in the universe 
for all of eternity. This is the core. So we're going to look at what does it mean to abide in Christ. And let's begin reading in John 15. And we're going to read uh, two slides here, a number of verses. And as we read through this, spot the benefits of abiding in Christ. If you abide in Christ, what will happen? What will be the fruit, the results of it? Okay, look at Jesus' words. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Five, I'm the vine, you're the branches. When you abide in me, I in you, you will bear much fruit. Wow. You want to bear fruit? Much fruit if you abide in me. And then he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from abiding in me, you can accomplish nothing of any value. Doesn't mean you won't do stuff. You'll do tons of stuff, but it won't be meaningful. It won't be valuable. Apart from abiding in Christ, nothing of any value. Yeah. One of these days, we'll start believing that. Yeah? And if anyone does not abide in me, then he's thrown away like a branch and withers. The branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. Whoa. That's a good reason to abide in Christ right there, isn't it? And if you abide in me, look at seven. And my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Wow. Whatever you wish and it will be done. Now, here's a really a, a profound observation from that verse. You know, the extreme faith teaching pulls this verse totally out of context and just chucks it out there by itself and says, hey, if you've got faith, you can ask for whatever you want. And that's not what Jesus said. He said, if you abide in me, then you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Do you understand the difference? It's not just, hey, what do you want? Well, I want this, I want that, I want the other. All right, we'll ask. And if you've got faith, you'll get it. That's not what he said. He said, abide in me. When you're in union with Christ, then he will give you the desires of your heart. Because the desires of your heart will come from his indwelling life. That's the true faith message. That's another subject. As uh, by this my Father is glorified, bear much fruit, be my disciples, Look at nine. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. How much did the Father love the Son? How much? Give me a number. Yeah, thank you. That's the right number. Massively. Yeah, no limit. The great eternal love of the Father for the Son. And Jesus says, that is my love for you. Wow. So abide in Christ, experience his love, his infinite love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. And 11, these things I've spoken to you that my joy is in you, your joy may be full. On and on and on. Do you see all of these spectacular benefits, the results of abiding in Christ? Yeah? So here are some things that I observe there. This is just from that passage. If you abide in Christ, you will bear fruit, much fruit. You will experience his purifying work. He said, I will prune you. Yeah, that's good. We should thank God for his pruning work. Amen. 
We will know his indwelling presence. We will be saved in the end as opposed to chucked into the fire. We'll ask whatever we wish and it will be done. We'll glorify God, be his true disciples. We'll know his love. We'll keep his commandments. We'll have his joy in fullness. Wow. These are the benefits. These are the results of abiding in Christ. Pretty good? So who wants to abide in Christ? Anybody here? We have a couple down the front. Yep, one up the back. Excellent. This is it, dear friends. This is the meaning of the Christian life. The Christian life is not just us gritting our teeth and trying to do what we think Jesus would want us to do. The Christian life means to abide in Christ, in His life, out of which comes all of this, everything. Wow, cool, huh? So we must abide in Christ. But what on earth does that mean? What actually does it mean to abide in Christ? And what does that actually mean? Yeah, I mean, we, we throw out this phrase and we know we need to do it, but what does it mean? Here is the most common understanding of what it means to abide in Christ. We think, well, if we read the Bible, then we're abiding in Christ, you know, by reading the Scripture. That's what it means. Or it means to pray. Or it means to try to do our best to do what we think Jesus would do. That means we're abiding in Christ. Or we go to church. When we go to church, that means we're abiding in Christ. And don't you dare forget to tithe. If there's one important thing, it's that, yeah? So this is often how the idea of abiding in Christ is interpreted. That we, we kind of spiritualize it. You know, we say, well, if you do this and this, then that means you're abiding in Christ. And what I propose to you this morning is that that's not what it means to abide in Christ. All of this stuff is cool. It's all good. Some of this can help us to abide in Christ. Some of this will come out of abiding in Christ. But this is not what it means to abide in Christ. So shall we look into this? Yes. What does it mean? Ah, And in order to help us to understand what it means to abide in Christ, let's think about how Jesus was abiding in his Father. What was the nature of his union with the Father? Sound good? This will help us to understand what the Scriptures mean by this idea of abiding of time. Let's go right back to the beginning. Not just the beginning of John, but the beginning of time. Before there even was time. In the beginning was the Word. And who is this? Yeah, the Son of God. The pre-existent, eternal, infinite Son of God. And the Son of God was with His Father. Yeah? And the Son of God was one with His Father. And here we have a spectacular revelation of the eternal nature of the triune Godhead. Now, in the English translation, it's not strong enough. Look at the second phrase there. The word was with God. It sounds a bit passive, doesn't it? It's like, here's God, here's the word, I'm sort of looking here, God's looking there, no real connection, yeah? And that's not what John wrote. In the original language, he uses the Greek word 
pros. And pros doesn't just mean with, it means toward. Wow. So in the beginning, the Son of God was toward his Father, looking at him, loving him, giving himself to the Father. The Father was toward his Son, looking at him, loving him, giving himself to the Son. The Holy Spirit was toward the Father and the Son, looking at them, loving them, giving himself to them, receiving from them the fullness of their life and being and nature. This is the nature of the eternal Godhead, self-giving love. Cool? This is the being of God. Remember, God is love. And so for all of eternity, God was not passive. I don't know if you've ever wondered, what was God doing back in, in eternity before the creation of the world? Well, here it is. There was this incredible fellowship of self-giving love within the Godhead. The Father looking at the Son, loving Him, completely giving everything, all of His being, His wisdom, His, His nature to the Son. The Son giving Himself to the Father, receiving from the Father, the Father's life and being. This is the nature of God. And then when Jesus came to the earth, what do you think happened to that eternal fellowship within the Godhead? Do you think He left it behind? What did he do? He just kept doing it, didn't he? Except now he did it as a man. So look here in John 7. Jesus goes up to teach. The Jews are amazed. What are they amazed at? His authority, the power in his teaching, the fruitfulness, the life change that followed his ministry. All this stuff that they didn't have. They're astonished and they said, where did he get this from without having learned? You know, Israel was full of Bible schools back then. The Pharisees had schools, Sadducees, the Essenes, the Herodians. Israel was full of Bible schools. They looked at the Lord Jesus and they said, he is not one of our graduates. Totally different. Where did he get this from? And look at Jesus' response. My teaching is not my own. My teaching is not the fruit of my own wisdom, my own learning, my own effort, but it comes from the one who sent me. Jesus lived on the earth the same way that he had always lived for all of eternity, looking at the Father, loving the Father, giving himself to the Father and receiving from the Father the Father's life the Father's wisdom, the Father's direction, the Father's truth. That was how he taught. He taught from his union with the Father. Do you understand? This is why his teaching was so profoundly transformational. In John 8, Jesus said, When you've lifted up the Son of Man, you'll know that I am, and I do nothing on my own. What? If there was ever anyone who could have done something on his own, it was the Lord Jesus, right? Well, if he can do nothing on his own, how much can you do? Less than nothing. He says, I do nothing on my own. I do nothing that comes from my own wisdom, my own, uh, my own ambition, my own agenda, through the power of my own strength. 
I only speak what the Father has taught me. Do you see it? He's living continuously in union with his Father, looking at his Father, loving his Father, giving himself to the Father, receiving from the Father, the Father's life, the Father's being, the Father's truth. And that is only what he taught. It's why his teaching was so spectacular. In John 5, truly, the son can do nothing by himself. How about that? We need to just quit it, you know, don't we? Trying to do stuff through our own wisdom and strategic brilliance. The son can do nothing by himself. Look at these words. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Do you see it? He's looking at the father. He's toward the father, giving himself to the father. Receiving from the Father divine life, divine being, divine character, vision, nature, truth. And the Father, he says, oh, the Son, whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Total obedience, total surrender. Yeah, And the Father loves the Son, shows him all that he does. The Father holds nothing back from the Son, gives himself fully to the Son. This was the nature of Jesus' union with his Father. John 5, second place in John 5, where Jesus says, again, by myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear. What's he listening to? The Father. Looking at the Father, listening to the Father, totally surrendered to the Father, totally dependent upon the Father, living in continuous union with the Father. That was the source of everything in his life and ministry. And Jesus, therefore, who did he reveal to the world? He revealed the Father. Yeah? Here in John 14, if you really knew knew me, then you'd know my Father as well. But Lord, we can't know the Father. Infinite God, no man has ever seen God and lived. Yeah? Invisible, unapproachable. And yet, because Jesus lived in union with his Father, when you saw the Lord Jesus, you were looking at God, when you touched him, you were touching the Father. When you heard him, you were hearing the Father. This is the nature of true spiritual ministry. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Praise God. And then Jesus told us, he who loves me will be loved by my Father. Look at this. I too will love him and show myself to him. This is you. He's talking about you here. He says, when you love him and walk with him, he will show himself to you. You can live toward him just as Jesus lived toward his father. You can live in union with him, turning to him, surrendered to him, dependent on him, continuously looking at him, loving him giving yourself to him, receiving from him his life, his wisdom, his strength, his being. Amen. He says, I will show myself to you. and My father will love you. We will come make our home with you. They're not just going to come and go, guys. They will make their home with you. The continuous experience of union and fellowship with God. This is what you are called to. 
Notice here, Jesus says in John 16, when the Holy Spirit comes, He will not speak on His own, but He will speak what He hears. He'll tell you what's to come. He will take from what is mine, make it known to you. Do you see within the Godhead, the Father looking at the Son, loving Him, giving Himself fully to the Son. The Son looks at the Father, receives the fullness of the Father's life. Then the Holy Spirit looks at the Son. And the Son looks at the Spirit, gives Himself to the Spirit. So the Father, to the Son, to the Spirit, to you. Wow. And so the Holy Spirit in you reveals the Lord Jesus in whom is the fullness of the Father. And you, dear brother, dear sister, have the fullness of the Godhead within you. And so look at him. You don't have to go anywhere to find God. There he is. He's in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And in him, the fullness of the triune Godhead. Wow. And he's doing to you the same thing that the Father did to the Lord Jesus. Showing himself. Showing him everything, holding nothing back. This is what you can have if you will look at him inwardly. I'm not referring here to prophetic revelation or some sort of open-eyed vision. All that's really super cool, but that's not what this is. This is for anybody, for everybody who's in Christ. This is inwardly in your heart. Turn to him. Turn away from your own strength, your own sin, your own uh, self-will, yeah? That's repentance. We turn away and we turn to Him. We look at Him. We love Him. We give ourselves to Him and we listen to Him. We wait upon Him. This is what it means to abide in Christ. Do you understand? My goodness. Come on, work. On that day, you'll realize, look at these words. I am in my Father. See the words of union here. And you are in me. I am in you. He draws a parallel between his union with the Father and our union with him. Wow! Spectacular! In John 17, he does the same thing, that all of them may be one Father. Look at this. Just as you are in me, I am in you. See, just as, same way. The dynamic of it is exactly the same. May they also be in us. And then the world will know. That's the church that will turn the world upside down. It's not a church of human strength and human wealth and human you know, brilliance. It's a people who look at God who love him, who walk in union with him. That's the church that will turn this country upside down. Paul said the same thing in 2 Corinthians 3. Use different words, but he's saying exactly the same thing. We all with unveiled face. And he doesn't mean this face. He means the inward man. In your heart, he says, as we behold the glory of the Lord, we are transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is how the Holy Spirit changes you. It's as you look, as you live toward Him, inwardly looking at Him, 
loving him, giving yourself to him, depending on him, surrendered to him, and receiving from him his life, his love, his being. Now we come back to John 15. If a man abides in me and I in him, then you'll bear much fruit. Do you understand now what it means to abide in Christ? It means to look. Not just passively look, but look and love and give. Give yourself fully, inwardly to him. Look at him. Trust him. Depend on him. He's in you. He will speak to you. He will change you from glory to glory into his image. And more and more, day by day, you will reveal his person, his nature, his glory to others. Wow. This is what it means to abide in Christ. Here's my summary. It means to continually, inwardly look at him, surrendering everything, depending on him, giving him your life, your love, your attention, and living out of that inward life. That's what it means to abide in Christ. It is so simple. Anyone can do this. It's not because you're really super cool or super this or amazingly disciplined at that. It just means you look at him. Wow, you can do this. Anyone can do this who is in Christ. It's a simple looking, inwardly turning, continually giving, giving yourself to him, continually receiving his life, his nature, his being. The amazing thing is, dear friends, God has invited you into the eternal fellowship of the Godhead. <laughs> That's what it means to be a Christian. A whole lot more than receiving eternal life, and thank God for that. It's a whole lot more than not going to hell, and thank God for that. Way more. For eternity, there was this amazing celebration of love and life and fellowship within the triune Godhead, and God has welcomed you into the middle of it now. And this union with him will be the source of everything in your life. And if you do this, if you look at him, loving him, self-giving love, you will bear fruit, know his presence, experience his purification, be saved, ask whatever you wish. See, it'll work out of this life, out of this union of life. Yeah, ask whatever you wish. You'll bring him glory. You'll be true disciples. You'll know his love, keep his commandments, divine joy in fullness. And so, dear brother, dear sister, you have one job. Don't muck it up. <laughs> Abide in Christ. That's it. That's your job description as a believer, as a follower of the Lord Jesus. Abide in him. Everything revolving around him. Inwardly, turn. He's always there. He's always talking to you, loving you, giving himself to you. And so turn to him, look at him, love him, surrender to him. He will change your life and he will use you and this precious church family to turn this city 
and this nation upside down. God bless you, dear friends.